the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There was a song some years ago that had a basic message of, Don't worry, be happy. And though it was a secular song, Scripture certainly supports the don't worry part of the message. Listening today as Pastor Rander teaches that Christians should not worry about the issues of life as others do in this message, Overcoming Worry. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Have your Bibles. Turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and then we're going to do Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I had a message all prepared and ready to go, and then late Thursday night, God changed my message. And I had to start from scratch all over again in obedience to him because I wanted to say what he would have me say. So I've just been preparing and preparing uh, in this change of direction that he has given me for the times in which we live. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Philippians 4, 6, 7, the word of God reads, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And from these two passages, we would like to preach the message, Overcoming Worry. Overcoming Worry. As we wake up each morning doing the things we need to do, living life as best we know how, we'll soon discover that there are people everywhere 
whose lives are actually literally filled with worry to no end. There are husbands who, and wives who are worried. There are parents who are worried about their children. Then you have children that are stressed out and worried. The elderly are worried. The workplace is filled with worried employees and employers. Politicians worry. And even many of you here today, perhaps you've come with your heart filled with the cares and the worries of this world. As I petitioned the Lord for a message to preach, he gave me this message to share with you. For every one of you under my voice needs to hear this message because all of us have succumbed to worry at some point in time in our lives. Amen. So what is worry? What is worry? Allow me to define it. It is to be anxious. It is to have a divided mind. It is to have anxious thoughts. It is to have a troubled heart. It is to have a heart that is filled with heaviness, heaviness of heart. And even though the scripture is clear that worrying is a sin, I believe the sin of worrying is committed by Christians more than any other sin. Wow. Now, the difference between a concern and worry is that a concern will come up, you'll think about it, you'll process it, you'll analyze it, and you'll do what you need to do, and then you'll let it go. Whereas worry has a way of clinging to your thinking, dominating your thinking. You're turning the issue at hand over and over and over in your mind. You're never able to really let it go. And while it is legitimate to have concerns that all of us experience from dealing with the demands and the pressures of our lives, concerns even can be turned into worry if we allow them to dominate and to consume our thinking. What are some of the things that we worry about? Let me just remind you in case you've forgotten. What are some of the things we worry about? There are couples who worry about the inability to have children. I'm talking about married couples now, because we want, I believe that children ought to be born in the context of holy matrimony. Won't you say amen? God honors the institution of marriage after all he created it. But there are those who say, you know, we've been married for a number of years and we're unable to have children and many have uh, succumbed to worry about that. Then when you have children, then you worry about the safety of your children. Just because you go to your children, you send them off to school, don't mean they're gonna, that they're going to be safe. Remember the Columbine experience in Colorado and uh, Tennessee and all these other places? Kids just shout up all over the place. Uh, then we worry about terrorism and all the things that's going on around the globe and and even a, attacks and attempted attacks on America. We worry about our health, things that are going wrong in our bodies, uh, uh, things that uh, of great uh, concern to us to the point that we are turning it over in our hearts over and over. Many worry about the economy and uh, and worry about death. I don't know why you're worrying about death because, you know, uh, we're going to die anyway, whether we worry about it or not. Uh, many worry about loss of income while others worry about rejection. 
They want to be accepted. Then you have folk who worry about the exams. They prepared, uh, they've studied, they've prayed, but they still worry about passing. You have children worry about passing the test in school to be promoted to the next level. And then some worry about getting caught. And uh, the cure for that is just live right. <laughs> to have integrity and uh, live holy, you don't have to look over your shoulder. And then there are others who worry about cancer. Maybe you, your cancer is gone and you hope that it doesn't come back, and, but you're worried about that. And others, you worry about your bills. Some of you under my voice, you're worried about being hurt again. You know, and so you worry about that. Others of you, the rising cost of college education. How in the world am I going to pay for my children's education with the cost of education going up so high? Others, you worry about the fact that I'm just not good enough. And some of you worry about how will I make it now that I'm alone? My husband or my wife divorced me. Uh, My children are all gone out the house. Uh, My husband or my spouse died and I'm alone and uh, I'm worried. Others you worry about relatives serving in Iraq and Afghanistan and other countries. You hope they come back and that you don't get a knock on the door saying your loved one uh, died in, in conflict. Some of you worry about the inability to qualify or to get long-term disability or even health insurance at all. Some of you worry about uh, parents, uh, your parents possibly becoming uh, incapacitated. Some of you worry about maybe having to assume the responsibility of your grandchildren because your children are irresponsible and your grandchildren may fall in your laps. Others worry, what if my spouse commit adultery and they worry about things that could be that's not, or perhaps is, or if they have committed adultery, would, will they, they work? Well, will he or she do it again? And some of you worry about, can I ever forgive the person who hurt me the most? And then some of you worry about your future, you know, the unknown. Matthew 6, 34 in the text says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, the word of God is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. You can't even, you, you don't even have a handle on today. And why, brings, why bring tomorrow's worries into today? You need to trust the Lord for tomorrow and allow him to help you make the most of this day. Worrying about tomorrow will cause you to be less productive today. Did you get that? Worrying about tomorrow will, will cause you to be less effective, less productive today. How much time do you spend each day worrying about every single aspect of your life? If you're like so many of God's children, your answer may be that you spend too much time worrying over things God tells us to let him handle. Join us today as Pastor Render continues to speak about how to hand our cares and concerns over to him in this message, Overcoming Worry. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Let me transition. Why do Christians worry? Because, number one, because we take our eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ and focus on our circumstances. Hebrews 12, 2a says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen, when you begin to look at people, when you begin to look at your issues, and when you begin to look at things that intrude in your life beyond your control, 
and you allow that to become all consuming, it will take you under. And God don't want you to live under your circumstances. God want to give you victory in the midst of the circumstances. But if you put, take your eyes from Jesus and put it on all of those things that you can worry about, you are going to sink your life very fast. Number two, why do Christians worry? Because of a lack of faith. I love what it says in Luke 17, 5. It says, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. What a prayer. When is the last time you got on your knees or sat before God in a chair or laid on the bed or whatever and said in a prayer, Lord, increase my faith? That's, that's a wonderful question and because that's what it is. The, the stronger your faith, the less we worry. The weaker your faith, the more we worry. As a matter of fact, Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to honor God because, you know, faith is so essential in the Christian life. We come to Christ by faith. We live by faith and we die in the faith. It's a faith walk. You see, and so if we're going to not allow ourselves to sink into a state of worry, we need to ask God to increase our faith, to be strong men, women, boys and girls in the faith to the glory of God. Abraham left his family and kindred, leaving, not knowing where he was going by faith. Why do Christians worry? Number three, because of a deficiency of the word of God in the lives of so many saints. A deficiency of the word of God in the lives of so many saints. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. If you have your Bibles, can you turn there real fast if you got a Bible? Share your Bible with someone near you that does not have a Bible. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. People worry because, because of a deficiency of the word of God in their lives. Hebrews 5, 12 and 14 through 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Babies can't eat. Baby, an eight-month-old baby can't eat steak. Must have milk. That is... Those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Do you realize when you are growing in the word of God, the word of God is like an inoculation to keep you from worry. And the more word you have in you, the less you worry. And when you are deficient with the word of God, the more we worry. As a matter of fact, Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And when, when you are full of the word of God, not only will you not worry, but you will encourage those who are habitual worriers. Number four, why is it that Christians worry? Because of a lack of contentment with God. Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned whatever state I am to be content. In other words, commercials and all of these things in the Super Bowl commercials and, and commercials on television and radio and books and ads and all magazines, everything is designed to create a thirst for you to want more. But you must ask yourself a question if you're going to have peace with God, how much is enough? 
How much do I need before I can say, Lord, I am satisfied? First Timothy chapter six, verses six through eight says, now godliness with contentment is great game for we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain, he said, not might, but it is certain that we can carry nothing out and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. How many of y'all got food? You look pretty healthy to me. And you know, I don't see anybody streaking and being naked in here today. You got food and you got clothes. And the Bible says with food and clothes, you ought to be what? Content. Content. You say, well, that's that. Well, okay, let's just say we wanted to add some transportation to it, okay, to get to the job to buy what you need. But you know, years ago, our foreparents didn't have much transportation. They had horses and buggies and all of these things. And you go uh, to uh, Philadelphia, where the, uh, where the Quakers and all these other kind of people are, a lot of times they live very uh, archaic and in a, it, the society is mostly agrarian. And really, beloved, be it known to you today, is, is that we need to be content with what God has given us. My daddy had 15 brothers and sisters, 16 of them from the same mama and daddy. We have a big Draper family uh, in uh, Greenwood, Louisiana. And I would go there as a young child and long shotgun white house, no restroom there, outhouse, you had the smokehouse, you had the, the farmland and the crops growing and the chickens being killed off the lawn and eaten and you were deer hunting. You don't pet Bambi, Bamsi today. You, you ate Bambi, Bamsi back then. Bambi or Bamsi, whatever it's called. I'm saying Bamsi and I'm thinking about the, the hospital. Bambi, yeah. Bambi, I'm having a lot of fun. Y'all don't laugh at me, that's good. Bambi, yeah. There's a lot of them out there where I live. I say, ooh, look at all that deer sausage. <laughs> My dad would take me squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting. And these, folk, these kids today don't know what, what uh, 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 squirrel dumpling tastes like. How many of y'all know what squirrel dumpling and, and rabbits and all these things? You know, these kids will turn their, because it's not McDonald's, they'll turn their nose up at it. <laughs> but you know what? My grandma was a praying woman. She, I remember that. Rock, I remember that rocking chair, that swing, rock and swing on the porch, and the family would gather around, sit on the porch. You don't see many families sitting on the porch today, and they would talk and and have a wonderful time together, a heightened sense of family. People, we were out in the fields. I was all up in the trees, and we were playing Tarzan, and we went down to the pond, and we swam, and there wasn't no YMCA, and there wasn't all these kinds of exercise places all over the thing. You made your fun creatively. And we were happy. Why is it that our kids are so miserable? Is it that we give them too much? You see, it says because of a lack of contentment, we, 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 we worry. Uh, number five, we worry because of an inability to wait on the Lord. An inability to wait on the Lord. Psalms 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In other words, in order to wait, you got to trust God. Many move ahead, make a mess of their lives and get more worried because of their inability to wait. In order to wait on God, that means you got to trust God. If you can't trust God, then you won't wait on him. I've never heard anybody say I regret waiting on the Lord. 
And a whole lot of you would be far better off today had you learned to wait on God and not let people push you out there before the time. Why? Why is it that Christians worry? Number six, because of a loss of spiritual perspective. Are you getting it? Because of a loss of what? Spiritual perspective. First Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's what we have. You can't have a spiritual perspective until you first have a mind of Christ. And when you have a mind of Christ, then little things won't get you bent all out of shape. You won't make mountains out of molehill and you won't find yourself all worried to no end because of not having the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ gives you a spiritual perspective on issues that intrude into your life. Those that are coming that you know is coming and those that you didn't even see coming. God will show you a spiritual perspective and will teach you life lessons in those experiences in order to mature you into faith, to get you more like Christ and to make you a mighty man and woman of God. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God wants each of us to have the mind of Christ. But you can't have the mind of Christ living in sports. You can't have the mind of Christ always out there just having fun and with the iPods and all the sales and the gadgets and all of these things can take you right away from God and into spiritual regression. So you have to cultivate the mind of Christ. And then when things come into your life, no matter how bad it is, God will show you what he is doing, give you a spiritual perspective on what you are in, and you will have a heightened sense of peace and tranquility that you yourself won't be able to comprehend because of a spiritual perspective and not a carnal, fleshly perspective. Well, let me transition. What happens when we worry? That's a, that's a question, good question. What happens when we worry? Number one, We become angry at God, ourselves, and others. We become angry at God, ourselves, and others. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You see, when you worry, worry can lead to anger. You start getting angry. Uh, It it breeds anger. Then you can't minister to your family. You can't minister to others. And you become just a big mess. Uh, Number two, bad decisions are made because of putting confidence in man and not God. Bad decisions are made. That's when you put your confidence in man and not God. And so many have fallen by the wayside because they depended on man, the voice of man and not the voice of God. Look at Jeremiah. If you have a Bible with you, this is a powerful scripture. It is penetrating. Look at Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the, rib, by, the, by the waters. In other words, he's a stable man. He's a stable woman, stable children, who spreads out his roots by the river and will not fear, underline this, and will not fear when the heat comes. God Almighty. Did you get that? And, and will not fear when the heat comes. In other words, there are going to be times in our lives that we're going to be, we're going to go through some heat. You you can say the heat is on. Have you ever been in some heat, some hot water, 
some times where you didn't know what was going on. You couldn't put the pieces together. You could not connect the dots or none of that. But you found yourself in a whole lot of heat. And you say, oh, God, what in the world is going on where the heat is on? And you got to go through some heat. It says, and will not fear when he comes. In other words, if, you don't, if you're not in heat now, it's on the way. When he comes. He said, well, I'm doing pretty good now. Your heat is coming. Some things are going to come into your life, and it's, it's going to be just like a ball of fire in your life. And then, then look what it says there. It gets even more awesome here. But his leaf will be green. Look, when you, when you trust God, you don't fear the heat. You're planted and you you green, you, you're flourishing and will not be anxious in the years in the year of of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. In other words, even in the midst of drought, you will be productive and you will not be anxious and you will not be worried. And let me tell you something. America is in a drought. There's a famine in the land. We're in a drought when people don't want God in the schools. When people could care less about morality. When greed is pervasive in the land. When there's murder and massacres like we've seen. Yet the world is spiritually cold. We don't want to hear God. We don't want the Ten Commandments up. We don't want nativity scenes at Christmas. Listen, the, the, the country is in a drought and we're wondering why we're in all this trouble. Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in tomorrow as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.